1 Corinthians 15, and we're going to be going down to verse number 12. We're just reading this because this series is put under eight reasons why God raised Jesus from the dead. I do have a couple extra teachings that I'm going to be getting together real soon uh, to go in this series. I skipped one or two there, Brother Charles told me, uh, to make up the series. So we're going to be putting a little extra in this one. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 12. I think I said, okay, I said 12, okay. Let's read it. Now, if Christ be preached, that he rose from the dead, how says some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? Verse 13. But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, we have found fault witnesses of Christ, of God, because we have testified of God, that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. But if the dead be not risen, if the dead rise not, then is Christ not raised. And if Christ be raised, if he not raised, your faith is vain, and you are yet in your sins. Somebody said, thank God, God raised Christ from the dead. Amen. All right. Verse number 18 said, Then they also which sleep in Jesus are fallen asleep, are perish. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now, somebody said, but now. Yeah, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ, this is why God put you in Christ, shall all be made alive. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for putting us in Christ. We thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit. Thank you for your precious blood. Thank you for the cross. You endured the cross. My God, you endured the cross. What an awesome statement. But you did it not for yourself. You did it for us. So we could have our sins forgiven. We could be made righteous. We could be put back in the position where you placed us before Adam fell. Now we give you all the praise and the glory and the honor for this. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. All the people that prayer says, Amen. Amen. All right, you can take your seats. Thank you so very much for coming to our, what we call early service. Our first service, and uh, we give God all the praise. I need all I can get. Amen. I'm, I'm telling you, because I'm learning so much. You know, I found out, as a pastor, I found this out, that I had been deceived. The Apostle Paul was deceived. It is so easy to get deceived. You're deceived when you believe the lie. Because God said this to me this morning, no lie is of the truth. And then he said this to me. He says, Satan is the father of lies. And what God did is gave us his word, which is truth. So he could destroy the lie out of us. So when you see people who don't believe, they have the lie in them. Because when you get Christ in you, only when you get Christ in you, you can believe the truth. 
Jesus said in John 8, 32, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. What is truth going to do, pastor? Going to destroy the lie out of your heart. I'm going to say this. I'm going to go a little further. I do not believe you can believe a lie long if you have the spirit of truth, because the spirit of truth will kick that lie out. Somebody tell you something that's a lie and you believe it? Somewhere, the Holy Ghost will say to you, that can't stay in your heart. You got to get, you got to denounce that. He will kick that lie out because he is called the spirit of truth. And the lie is called the spirit of error. Amen? All right. So I want you to always understand that what God wanted to do in your life is make you a believer of his word. Most people think they, have, they believe the word. But we're going to see. We're going to see how, how much you believe. I'm giving you the record of what God did in this earth through his son. That's what grace is. God's grace is what he did in this earth for his son. I'm sorry, through his son. That's why it's called through faith. So my message today is you must, through faith, inherit eternal life. How are you going to get it? You must what? Through faith. Through faith. Inherit eternal life. Now you remember last week, last week I taught on. Let's go to it. The Gospel of Matthews. Chapter number 19 and verse number 16. Let's see what the question. The rich young ruler asked God. Matthew chapter. You don't mind by me calling him God, do you? All right. Thank you. Thank you, honey. You're my, wit you're my witness right there. If I don't get but one amen. That's my amen corner right there. I say you don't mind by me calling Jesus God, do you? Some of y'all still can't. But we'll see, we, gonna got, we got a teaching on that, but he is God. As a matter of fact, in him dwell all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. <laughs> Praise God. He is both Lord and Christ. You need to know your Lord. Amen. Because when he rose from the dead, your Lord, our Lord said, all power <laughs> is given to me. In heaven and in earth, natural and spiritual. He has all power. All right, so now, Matthew chapter 19, verse 6, here's what the rich young ruler asked the Lord. And behold, one came to him saying, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? How many know what's wrong with that picture? The picture problem is he asked the Lord, what good thing shall I do? If you got to do anything to be saved, that's not grace. Grace is what God done for you. And I'm going to show you why it's called the good news. The good news means you can't stop talking about what God has done for us. The Bible is filled with a whole New Testament, and everything is past tense. If it's not past tense, you ain't in grace yet. Yeah. 
rightly divide the word of God, you got to find out what's grace and what's law. And the new covenant grace is everything God has done. At this church, we preach the gospel of Christ, which is the gospel of grace. It's what Christ has done for me, already finished. Now, the way that I get it is through faith. I've heard a person, I won't call his name. He lost his ministry. He lost everything he had. And the reason why is he did not understand this verse. God did do, he was right on that. God did do everything he says. What he stated is, everybody's saved. So we don't have to do nothing to the people no more. Everybody already saved. Just let everybody come in the church just as they are. Come as I am. And we don't have to do nothing because God already saved them. Now that sound good? That is partial truth. He was right about that. God did everything for man. God did everything. When I say everything, I mean everything. I'm going to show you in the Word. But it won't do no good if man does not believe it. Man must believe it to receive it. Say that man must believe it to receive it. All right. So now let's look at Romans chapter 3 and verse 30. Because I taught in this series, the first teaching in this series, this volume, is are you living by faith or are you living through faith? Because when you see all these things that happen, by faith means faith and works. Say by faith means faith and works. So if you go back in Romans, which we thought we had found the truth. So if you go back in Romans 10, 9, and 10, you will find out that is faith and works. Now, how do you know that, Pastor? Because it told you two things you had to do. See, if you really know what through faith means and by faith means, you will know why yours is just by faith. I'm sorry, through faith. Through faith means only believe. See, some of you, you, you don't need to do You need to write it down because you ain't got it. And you don't, if you don't get it, you can never understand God's word. You got to write it divided. There's a by faith and a through faith. Romans chapter 3 and verse number 30 uh, coming up on your screen. And you need to mark in your Bible. You can always get another Bible. That Bible will be here when you're dead. Amen. Romans chapter 3 and verse number 30 says, Seeing, do you see it? That's what Paul says. It is one God which shall justify the circumcision, those are Jews. But they are justified by faith. So if I study this Bible and I see justified by faith, I got to understand that was to the Jewish believer. And then if he was justified by faith, he had to add faith with his works. That's what James told us. James told us faith without works, dead being alone. But through faith, you don't need works. Because Romans chapter 11, verse 6 says, if it's works, it's no more faith. Are you catching on yet? So you, that, I, you got missed that now. All right. 
So Romans chapter 3 and verse 30, you, you got that, right? Seeing is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith, those Jews believers, and the uncircumcision which were Gentiles through faith. So let me show you again the word circumcision and uncircumcision. Let's go to the book of Galatia. From the book of Galatia, chapter number 2. And we want to look at verse number 7. See, you got to know what the word says. You can't guess on this one. Galatia 2 and verse 7. People's salvation is dependent on it. That's why I thank God that he did not let me quit. Now, I say it all the time because when you quit, you think you got it. I spend more time meditating in God's word probably than I do studying. Because you can study the word, but when you meditate on God's word, if something that you thought was right, the spirit of the Lord is going to say you have no scripture for that. There's no scripture for that. You need to find the scripture for that. You can't, you can't base your faith on it if you can't find the scripture that said that. Everybody understand that? That's why when people walk the floor and just say something, slap somebody and all this kind of stuff, you, you better find a scripture on that. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 7. But contrarywise, when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision, now this is the first message I preached when people in this church thought I lost my mind. That's the first message I preached in this church. I know y'all love me, but y'all thought I was crazy. When I first started preaching grace, I preached on the gospel of the circumcision versus the gospel of the uncircumcision. Go back and look at it. See, when God tells you something, you may not understand it right then, but I know when God showed me something, I know it's true. I just don't understand it. My job is to believe it. The Holy Ghost's job is to give me understanding. But if you don't believe it, you'll never get to understand it. That's why so many people never got to understand of God's word because first of all, you must believe. Jesus said all things are possible to them that believe. He looked at a man and said only believe. All right, now, here we go. Galatians once again, chapter 2 and verse 7. But, but contrarywise, when they saw this is what Paul says. When they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed to me, and the gospel of the circumcision was committed to Peter. Can anybody see the truth? The gospel of the circumcision was preached by Peter because it's called the gospel of the circumcision. Why was it called the gospel of the circumcision? After I've told you what I told you, do you know now? What is the gospel of the circumcision? What is the gospel of the uncircumcision? I said it to you, now do you understand what it is? That's why I say you need to write things down. I gave this to you first. Romans chapter 3 and verse 30. How to know the difference between their salvation and your salvation. They got their by faith. We got ours through faith. I said that. You're like, yeah, Reverend. Mm -hmm. I'm going to show you why people don't receive the Holy Spirit today. I'm going to show you why people that go to church on Sunday don't have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is eternal life. They go to church all their life, they die and go to hell. You know why? 
They don't have the Holy Spirit. They don't know what they don't have because they think they already got it. We thought for years, all we had to do was come into church, get water baptized, eat communion on the first Sunday. When we get through, raise our little finger up and walk out that door. We was all right with God. Wrong. There's a life you got to live. There's a testing time. You got to, God going to see, do you believe? So you go back and look at Abraham. Abraham believed God, but you go back. God told Abraham, this, this is what it means by, by faith. God told Abraham, now you believe Abraham? I tell you what you do. Let's see, do you believe? This is by faith. Go take your son, your only son, put him on the altar and sacrifice him for me. Let's see, do you believe? That's by faith. That's why I say before, that's why so many people do not take the vaccination because they're trying to take it by faith. They think they got to prove to God that I believe. You don't have to prove unto God that you believe. That's by faith. Because if you believe, just take it. You got to prove nothing to God. God already been pleased. See, well, what makes it so bad is people would die and they would say, you know, the Lord just wanted him home. No, he did not want him home. He did not want to take the vaccination. See, we, we just blame God. Well, you know, he's in a better place. No, he's not in a better place. How do you know he's in a better place? Everybody in the church ain't going to heaven. So why would you sit there and say, he's in a better place, y'all? What about if he's in hell? He in a better place? I don't think so. Most people, well, in the days of Jesus Christ, his disciples said to him in this same teaching, who can be saved? You know why he said that? Because during the days of Noah, he says, his coming will be as in the days of Noah. Well, in the days of Noah, only eight people were saved. God made an ark, called it Christ, and only eight people got in it, plus the Gentiles. So he asked him, he says, who then can be saved? Now here's a statement that I want you to understand why Christ died. Because with men, now he's going to say this in the same Matthew chapter, let me, let me show you the verse. Uh, let's go back to Matthew 19. He's going to tell them this also in Matthew chapter 19. If you don't mind about writing your Bible, you can mark this as a good place to mark. If not, your children will read your Bible for you. You'll be gone. The Bible was written for you. Matthew chapter 19 and verse 26. Watch what he says. The, good, the first thing that says, what shall I do that I, might have, that I might inherit eternal life? Let me give you my subject. First of all, my subject is you must through faith inherit eternal life. I gave that to you, right? You must say you must through faith inherit eternal life. That's why I read to you Romans chapter 3 verse 30, right? Because for us, we must get our through faith. 
That means I got, it's got to be preached and I have to believe. Then the next thing I said to you was Galatians 2.7, Peter preached to the circumcision, Paul preached to the uncircumcision. And all these books that I'm reading to you from uh, Romans to Philemon is all Gentiles. Although Paul had a diverse audience, Jews and Gentiles, but most of his teaching was to us. All right, let's move up. Now, in Matthew chapter 19, verse 26 is where I am now. But Jesus beheld them and says unto them, with man, this is impossible. Now, he just asked a question, who then can be saved? Or who's going to be saved? In the days of Noah, there were only eight people saved. Well, who's going to be saved, Lord? With men, this is impossible. And yet, people are baptizing people in churches packed today, telling them they're going to be saved by water baptism. And yet, man is deceived because they don't know. The blindness of their heart, they don't know. They are scared to turn on Facebook and watch the Door of Faith Ministers because they know their pastor is going to rebuke them. What you doing, listen to Crump. Crump preaching that great stuff over there. See, that's what people will tell you. People will tell you in this church, are you telling me he's not water baptizing no more, girl, and you still going over there? You the fool. You the one crazy because he know you don't know. When you don't know something, you can be deceived. That's why I keep telling you, I want somebody to find this, this in the word, what shall it profit a man to gain the whole world? Because people do not understand this is greater than your job, and you know how great your job is, because if you don't have a job, you're not going to pay your bills, you're not going to eat, you're not going to have insurance, all this other stuff. And yet I say, to come and get this word is greater than your job. I know you got to go to work tomorrow, I know, but you need this word. And yet you got people who will complain to God about the situation and still won't go get the word. Knowing all the time you will miss a check or two right now, you out of here. You an unemployment line. Some of you probably watch the news where they just did not, have not signed this thing for them people to get, and they are in front of the White House because they rent is due. This is not a game. Everything you're gonna get in your life it's going to come through the word. We're going to look at Philippians 4 and 19 in just a moment. You, you got what, Mark? What? Okay, you, you, when you talk to me, you, you're not ministering, so just go and see it. Mark 8, verse 34. Mark 8, 34. We'll start there. Okay, we go down to verse 37. We'll get that next. All right. Matthew chapter 19. In verse 26, Jesus beheld him and said, with men it is impossible to be saved. And yet people would baptize you in water with a man doing it 
and think he's saving you. They don't know the word. Do you hear what he just said? He, he just said, what shall I do to be saved? Man, then Jesus said, with men it is impossible. No man can save you. That's why he's the only savior. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me out there? Jesus said with men it is impossible for a man to save you. And yet people get water baptized for their salvation. And then some are getting water baptized saying, well, I'm not, I don't believe in being water baptized or being saved, but you ought to get water baptized, though. Because it shows you believe. On that series, I showed you that is by faith. You're trying to use your works to connect with your faith to prove to God you believe. And that's a lie. You just got deceived. Romans 11 6. Let's do that first while I got the camera on this. Romans 11 and 6. You cannot mix law and grace for your salvation. You can only have grace. Once you say you did something to be saved, you was water baptized to receive the Spirit. You was water baptized to be saved. You was water baptized to wash away your sin. Sir, ma'am, you are not saved. You are under the law. You have been deceived. I'm here to get you saved. No, you're not here to get me saved. You're here to get me eternal life. God's my Savior. See, you don't get it. If you still believe that church got you saved, that church is your Savior. That doctrine is your Savior. That doctrine is your Savior. Christ is the only Savior. There's one Lord. There's one Savior in this Bible. With man, it's impossible to be saved. When that sank into your heart, See, what needs to happen is you got some people are still going through these churches talking about they saved by water baptism. What you should be doing is praying that God will open their eyes, turn them from darkness to light. Not going to happen just because you tell them. You got to pray for them. Religion is a wall. It's a stronghold. Where are we at right now? All right, let, I got to do one more in Matthew 19, and that's going to be verse 29. I did Matthew 19, 16, 26, and now 29, if you're taking notes. Verse 29, and everyone that has forsaken houses and brethren and sisters and father and mother and wife and children and, and, and land. See, all this is, is what they're going to receive because they're in the old covenant. But here in the, new, here in the next, the same verse, he said that they, receive, they shall receive a hundredfold for all that stuff you did. But then he says, and conjunction and shall inherit eternal life. So my, my message today is you must through faith inherit eternal life. You cannot get eternal life unless you inherit it. Say that with me. You cannot get eternal life unless you inherit it. So that means you must be an heir. You cannot inherit eternal life unless you are an heir of God. 
Now, this is Christ's work on the cross. Everything Christ did on the cross is to make you an heir of God. You inherit God's righteousness. You also inherit eternal life. So if you, if you don't have eternal life, means you don't have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And don't let nobody tell you this. this. This is what I was told when I was growing up. This is how I know I got the Holy Ghost. And they start praying in tongues. That's not how you know you have the Holy Spirit. Because you can only get the Holy Spirit through faith. So how's the world, how in the world a man preaching you water baptized for your salvation and you get the Holy Ghost? It's impossible. How's a man preaching you anything except the gospel of Christ or the gospel of grace and you get the Holy Ghost? You can't get the Holy Spirit unless somebody preached to you the gospel of Christ. Why? Because the gospel of Christ is the power. Romans 1.16. That's why I keep telling the gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to Jew first and also to the Greek. You cannot get the Holy Spirit unless someone preached to you the gospel of Christ. And by hearing the gospel of Christ, Christ's death, death, and resurrection, the Holy Spirit of God will know you believe that message and he will give you the Holy Spirit. You can't get it no other way. And yet people are telling you in churches, Fill with people to get baptized in water in Jesus' name and receive the Holy Spirit. That was okay under Peter, James, and John ministry, but not under the new covenant because everything must be by grace. Let, did I give you any scripture? Let's go to, we go to Mark in a minute. Go to Romans eleven six. Romans chapter 11, verse 6. It's an awesome thing. God put you in a town so you can get saved. Put you in a town to know you're saved. Put you in a town so you can receive uh, the Holy Spirit and you yet you die and go to hell because you want to go to a church you want to go to. My mama go there. My brother go there. My daddy used to go there. My grandmama and them helped build that church. You're going to go there and die and go to hell. People will see their pastor openly confess sin confess that he does not believe in the doctrine of Christ, and yet they'll go to church at that church. Let me tell you something. If you ever find out that your pastor got another woman besides his wife, and she's still living, and we still married, get out of here. How can I preach to you holiness, and I'm living like a heathen? That person don't have eternal life. See, I'm going to show you the word. See, but we, 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 you know, we, 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 are so, we, we know we got to forgive and we got to love. And what, listen, all that's fine. But if you're my pastor and you got a girlfriend and you married, I'm out of here. Because the blind lead the blind, we both going to fall in the ditch. And I'm not going to hell. That word ditch there means hell. And I'm not going to hell for nobody. I love eternal life too bad to go to hell for you. Amen. Amen. 
Now, I'm saying it nice. Romans chapter 11, verse 6. And if by grace, it is no more works. Say, if it's by grace, it's no more works. So when God saved me, he saved me by grace. It's no more works. But we're talking about what God did. God did by, by. He saved me by grace. You don't have by grace. You have through grace. Just want you to understand. All right. Now, Mark chapter 8. I just finished Romans 11, 6. I'm just showing you what it is. That's not my message. Let's go to Gospel of St. Mark, chapter number 8. That's what you're supposed to be giving me. You're starting off in verse 34. Okay. Mark chapter 8. I want to make sure you're there. I want to tell you, if you're writing your Bible, you're not going to go to hell. God's not going to hold it against you. I'm just telling you because I know how people did. People, you better not write in that Bible, boy. That's God's word. Hallelujah. And he, he got a girlfriend and married. Let's move on. Mark 8, 34. I'm going to come to this camera right here. And when he had called the people to him with his disciples also, he said to them, Whosoever will come after me, let him, number one, deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Somebody said it's Old Testament. For whosoever will save his life, this is what he said to them, whoever will save his life shall lose it. For my sake and the gospel, the same shall save it. To, to save your life, you got to lose it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What is that verse saying to you? What is that verse saying to you? What shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What is that saying to you? I just want to know, do you know what that means? What shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? I hear that. Da, 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 da. Here it is. Here's my soul. Now give me the world. That's what it means. You traded your soul for the world. Let me show you what you traded your soul for. Let's go to 1 John. Chapter 2. See, this is what people are doing. I'm picking up from last week. If you want to know what I'm talking about, get last week's tape. I'm going to show you what happened. The dog returned to its own vomit. And the sow that was washed to the wallabin in the mire. God washed you. You went right back where I tell you to go. First John, I'm just saying to you, you follow me there. First John, chapter number three. You come to church, you need a Bible. Bring, bring one, bring two or something. Get yourself a little, get yourself a little briefcase and put you some Bibles in there. 
tab and notebook. If you were skilled trade at General Motors, you would have a, 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 a toolbox. I was a skilled trade at General Motors for over 20 years. We had to have, you see them coming through the plant, don't you? All of them got their toolbox with all their tools for their trade. Plows, screwdriver stuff, on them at all times. Maybe a little flashlight. But they got a toolbox. They got every, all the tools they need. I had a toolbox probably along with this thing from here all the way over here. And on the front of it had a door that had drawers in it full of tools. On top, I got other stuff I got to have. So when a man want to find me, that's, that's where I was, sitting on my toolbox. When they blow that whistle, dun, 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 that's me. Take my toolbox. What you got? So whatever you got, open that toolbox up. Bam! I work on that job, put my stuff back, I'm out of here. Am I telling the truth over that minister ball? That's another skill trait. He know what I'm talking about. You can't go out and say, if anybody got a screwdriver, what happened to my pliers? You got to have everything you need. You got to know how to use it. So what shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? First John 3. I'm sorry, 2, verse 15. That's why Jesus said this verse, sell all you have and get the word. Find me that verse. That's what he really means. Sell all you have and get the word. I guarantee you, Minister Ball went through the same thing I did when I first got hired on skilled trades. I had to, if I didn't have some stuff, I had to go and find me some stuff. When I'm talking about to fill, in my, fill up my toolbox. If I had to spend next week check. Because if they call me to, to a job, if I don't have the tools, all I can do is look at them. I can't go over to the other skilled trade. They don't believe in lending you tools now. They'll tell you in a minute, can't lend you my tools. You get your own tools. You use it this time. Come in here tomorrow, you got to have that. I can't be, I can't be give you my tools. Because if you lose my tools, you're going to put me looking back. And I'm a gentleman. See, I was a gentleman for over 20 years, gentlemen, skilled trades. Had radio here, radio here, and how they interest me here. Had stuff all over you, you know. Earl, you want it on line seven? Thank you. I don't care what you're doing. Bye. Jesus looked at them and said, what shall it profit a man to gain the whole world? And then you lose your soul. What shall a man profit? To lose? What, what will you give? What will you trade? You may say, not me, Reverend. Let's just check it out. First John chapter number 2. And verse 15. What shall it profit a man to gain the whole world? Guess what they offered Jesus. Guess, I'm, you find that for me. I'm going to show you what the devil offered Jesus. Find the one where it said, all these things will I give you. 
And we do not understand that is exactly what's happening to you. That's what he's saying to you. All these things I give you, if you will come and worship me. Don't be going over to that church over there for a crumpet. You worship me. You just have everything ready. Matthew what? Find out where to start. Matthew 4 and 9. But there's some scripture before that. I may do the whole 1 through 9 over there. See? 1 John chapter number 2 verse 15. Here we go. Watch what John says. The first thing he says, love not the world. But we don't, we think what should it profit a man to gain the whole world, lose his own soul? We think he's talking about a new car. Yeah, you're, you're telling me God don't want me to have a new car, a new house. He ain't talking about that. That's not the world. He's going to tell you what the world is and what's in the world. He's talking about your flesh. Come on, look at somebody and say, let me talk to this camera here. I want to make nobody angry this morning. Come on, say the world. The world. He's talking about your flesh. Life. He's talking about your flesh life. See, what shall it profit a man to live your flesh life? That's the world. It's your flesh life. It's everything the flesh wants. You won't give that up for eternal life. You'd rather die and go to hell than to get high. You'd rather get high than die. You'd rather get high than go to hell. You're going to die and go to hell because you're going to get high. You'd rather keep on smoking than to go to heaven, than to have eternal life. See, that's what you're doing. You're putting all that stuff out there and saying, I can't give this up. I had to give it up. You got to give it up. But the reason you give it up is because you cannot go through, put this down, the eye, this is what he means. You cannot go through the eye of a needle. He says it's, it's hard for a rich man to go through the eye of a needle. You can't get through. Why is that animal couldn't get through the eye of a needle? He had too much baggage. He had what? Too much baggage. See, people do not want to get rid of their baggage. But they want to go to heaven. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Oh, oh yeah, you're going to do all that when you get there. But if you cannot overcome the world, there is no heaven. There is no seeing Jesus. See, you, you, what shall it profit a man? You're going to keep all of this and going to lose your soul. Spend eternity with the devil because you want to get high. You want to defile God's temple. Here we go. First John. 
Y'all all right? Too, it's, too, it's too thick for this morning? Is the atmosphere too thick? Because huh? I'm not stopping, so. <laughs> so you might as well get used to it. This is the new way of preaching around here. All right, 1 John 2 and verse 15. Love not the world, neither the thing that's in the world. He's going to tell you. This was in the world. If any man love the Father, love of the Father. If any man love the world, love of the Father not in him. If any man love the world, the Holy Ghost is not in him. Let me say it again. If any man love the world, the Holy Spirit is not in them. I'm getting ready to get married. You got to make sure the Holy Ghost is in them. Because he's not going to leave the world for you. All that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it's not of the Father. That is not of the Father. It's of the world. And watch what's going to happen to the world. This is what John preached to those people who was waiting on Jesus. And the world passed away. It said passes back then. But well, we know it passed away. The world passed away and the lust. But he that doeth the will of God. How many know what the will of God is? You got one thing you're supposed to be doing. I keep telling you to write it in front of your Bible. Believe. It says, he that doeth the will of God, believe. Abide it forever. Now. They had to believe Jesus the Christ. You got to believe in Christ's death, death, and resurrection. But it's still the word believe. You cannot have eternal life. Live forever means have eternal life. Is that right? Okay, I got a handful. Thank you. Let me say it again. To believe is to have eternal life. Here he says to live forever. I say, isn't that the same thing? All right. Now, because if I'm going to live forever or buy forever, I got to have eternal life. And the only thing God required me to do is believe his word. So we're going to go to work right from there. I gave you another verse, another scripture look up. No, not everybody said the same thing. Matthew chapter 4, verse 8 through 9. All you do is keep notes. Keep notes, you know what I'm asking for. Matthew chapter 4. Now, I'm going to start reading verse number one because this is when Jesus Christ came into his ministry. See, it's no different. God is showing us Matthew chapter four because this is what happened to us after the cross. At the cross, we became God's son. Now, you got to receive it by faith, you understand? So what happened if I received it by faith and now I do have God's Holy Spirit, I am God's son, so watch what has to do. Watch what has to happen. There must be the test now. The test is not all this other stuff you see people doing because the devil only had one question for Jesus. Are you the son of God? Now, God has already made you his son. Just say, for example, you have been made his son, you have his Holy Spirit. It's not going to keep the test from coming. The test comes because you are a son. Because you, if you're not a son, the devil ain't bothering you. 
I know a lot of folks are, well, the devil's so busy. He ain't doing nothing to you. Because he can count on you. He can count on my boy. That's my boy. He's going to be out there with me tonight. My boy coming. Oh, yeah. He ain't bothering you. Just something went wrong. You said the devil. Devil busy. Now, once you get his spirit, you become his son. For real. Now, here come the enemy. And this enemy is called flesh. Galatians 5, 16. Let's put it up there before we, before we read this. Now, mark this right here because we're we coming right back. Mark, we're going to do uh, Matthew 4, 1 through 14, right? Is that, is that what I said? Mark chapter 4, verse 1. But I said... Matthew chapter 4, right? That's why I had my Bible turned to first. I said verse 1 through verse 11, right? Or you said verse 14. We're going to do 1 through 11. Okay, now you, can you find what I want in there? I just look myself. Come on. Now, where I tell you to go first? Galatians 5, 16. Some of y'all a little early in the morning, but that's okay. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. Just one verse, right? Thank you, Lord. Y'all don't have to worry. I'll be putting y'all back on Facebook if the virus keep going. I'll be able to put you back on Facebook. Won't have to, talk, won't have to fuss at you no more. Put y'all back on Facebook. Well, you need to come to church. You're not going to say nothing. <laughs> at least when you're asked. All right. Galatia. Galatia. 516. Are you there? Let's read it. This I say, walk in the spirit. Now, this is what God is telling you to do. Why is he saying that to you? Because you just received the Holy Spirit. You are saying you have the Holy Spirit. You got to walk in the spirit. See, what we do is we think because nobody is attracted to us, then we automatically walk in the spirit. And God said, you know what? I'm going to have one of them brothers to check you out one day. Just to let you know, you ain't walking no spirit. You just don't have nobody right now. There's a difference. There's a difference. Or you can get married, you soon find out you walk in the spirit. Because it seems like once a person gets married, here come all the guys who won't know, are you mad? Yep. That's why I bought my wife the biggest rock I could find. Don't have to say nothing, just. Amen. And it doesn't hurt, it doesn't hurt as a single woman to wear a ring. Because you are married to Christ. And if somebody asks you, are you married? Just say, do you know the Lord Jesus? Because that's my man. Now, if you, if you want somebody to check you out, keep the ring off the finger. That's all you got to do. But if you're tired of them asking, just keep on going. Don't want to be bothered, amen? Because if you don't have no ring on, they checking you out. 
You don't have to worry about that. Amen. That's why I make sure I ask all the time, you got your ring on, baby? <laughs> Praise the Lord. I left my ring at home. We're going back home. Going right back home. <laughs> if you're married, wear your ring. Save somebody from embarrassing themselves. Galatians 5.16. This I say, walk in the spirit. You shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh if you just walk in the spirit. What does it mean, Pastor, walk in the spirit? You got to walk in love, one of the words, and, but you got to mind the things of the spirit. Now, we, we take it that and we take it to Romans chapter 5 and we start reading about 5, 6, 7. That's what he told you. Uh, I'll take you there right after this. All right, because he told you to mind the things of the Spirit. We'll take it there in a minute. So he said, walk in the Spirit. I'm going to show you how to do it. So in your Bible, you need to put Romans chapter 5. And you want to put 5 through 7. Because he told you. Well, matter of fact, it goes a little further than that, but we'll start at verse 5. But we do in Galatians 5 now. Verse 17. This is why you got to walk in the Spirit. The flesh lusts. That word is an opposition word or fighting. It's an opposition word. It's like magnet. There's one side of magnet that pulls, one side of magnet that pushes you away. You can put your, something on a magnet uh, and it pushes you away. One side of a magnet draws you to itself. Everybody understand that? Well, that's how it is with the, with the flesh. The side that's magnet is the spirit because it draws you to God. But the other side is magnetic also, but it pushes you away from God. See, I understand. All right. Because it's a lust. It works against the flesh works against God. The flesh don't want God. The flesh don't want the things of God. It fights against the things of God. Any change, the flesh is against it. I don't care how good you're doing, when the flesh comes against the spirit, there'll be oppositions. You can be walking in love, walking in the spirit, but you meet somebody who walk in the flesh, all of a sudden, there will be opposition. And you'll feel that spirit against you. You walking in love, they're walking in hate and bitterness and flesh. You said, praise the Lord. They said, well, for what? That opposition is there, and you can sense it. How many know what I'm talking about? If you don't know, you ain't got a spirit. <laughs> you get spirit, you're going to find out. You don't have to look for a fight. Just say you got the spirit. As a matter of fact, you don't just have to do that. Uh, we, we was, we was uh, uh, out of town last week. That's, this is my last time out, two times a year. We just went first and third. We out. We back. But anyway, a guy came to our re resort and he walked in, he said to Minister Hayes, he says, Woo! Is this, the, is this the pastor's house? He said, This the, you a pastor? 
He said, no, but my pastor is right here, around the corner here. I said, man, I can tell when I walk up in here. That's how it's supposed to be, opposition. If the Spirit is in you, and if I have the Spirit, I should know it when I come around you. Nobody got to ask you, do you have the Holy Spirit? Because if you do have the Holy Spirit, when people comes around you who don't know I have the Spirit, it'll be like, man, whew, feel good up in here. And nothing you can do but just give God the praise because you know he's in here. And you got to understand that. And the, more, and, the, and the more you know this word, the stronger he will become. Are you, going, are you two going to be at the next service? Okay. I saw myself laying hands on you two this morning at 1.48. Next service, I don't want to forget that. Nope, not for any reason. God wanted me to lay my hands on you. Uh, when, I, when I say, when my, wife, when my wife or my children have any problem, my wife can say, this is wrong, or I don't, something is, I don't feel right in my body. All I do, if I'm driving, I just lay my hands on her. I leave my hands there for a minute or two, and I take my hands off, I say, how you feel? She says, oh, it's gone. That's supposed to be our testimony. The anointing of the spirit of a living God that dwells in us is greater than he that's in the world. Come on, say that with me. Great is he that's in me. That's he in my flesh. That's how you're going to get the things out of your flesh is make sure you have the spirit. See, once you got the spirit, you automatically overcome the world. Remember, the flesh is the world. Love not the world, nor the thing that's in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. All that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, it's of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But he that do the will of the Father abideth forever. God so loved the world. He's talking about men and flesh. He gave his own son. And what God did was brought you from the world and put you in Christ so he can give you his faith so you can overcome the world. And this is the victory. It overcomes the world, even our faith. So God gave you his faith so you can overcome the flesh man. All that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, is not of the Father, it's of the world. So once you receive the Holy Spirit, your, your job is to overcome the thing that's in the world, modify them. We'll see about that in the next service. My time is up. I thank you for yours. Thank God for his goodness. Thank God for his mercy. I want to give you a personal a public invitation to come to one of these services. But I also want to thank God for Jesus and what he has done. Christ has already died for our sins. He has paid the ultimate price for your salvation. 
He has given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. He has made it available. But everything is through faith. You get none of this stuff from God unless you receive his son and his finished work. You got to believe on his son and finish and receive his finished work. Christ died for our sins. He was buried for us and he was raised again for our justification. Do that for yourself. Make sure your soul will not die and go to hell. Believe in the wrong message. Believe in the wrong doctrine. Believe in the wrong teachings. Receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. Receive his eternal life. Receive his Holy Spirit. You'll never regret. My time is up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.